You're listening to The Whole Testament, a podcast putting the Old and New Testaments back together. Today, the guys are back and they're serving up seconds for our series on the significance of Passover. If you have questions and want to continue the conversation, send us an email at thewholetestament at gmail.com or leave us a comment. Camera one, camera two, camera one, camera two. Hey, hey. Welcome to the Whole Testament podcast. Yeah, but in the Old and New Testaments. <laughs> Back, Back together, together again. All right. The pesky white page. S- yeah. <laughs> you, you, haven't, you, haven't, you haven't that. used that one for a while, have you? That's okay. <laughs> I it's all good. I like it. I like it. Eliminating the pesky white page. Back episode entree number two. Not there yeah. was so much available. We went to the buffet. Is buffet number two? <laughs> so we just uh, we just had too much on our plate. We couldn't eat it all. So we gotta go back. It's like Thanksgiving. I'm seconds. really hungry again. <laughs> again. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So this one we are really gonna try to uh, just one of the things I just recently been you know looking at and made aware of um, is the connection of like just a greater understanding of the connection of Passover that right. moves throughout the entirety of right. the text. And so we're just going to kind of look at some of those, those scriptures that we may not have connected before. Uh, there will be some use of the sages, mm-hmm. some of the Bible Torah scholars of old. Yeah. That'll be, Bringing out some things, so, and then scripture too. Yeah, one of the what's great. So one of the uh, pastors at our church, we were talking about it, and I was saying I was connect. I was just taking like two passages, I was connecting them, and it's like this is the Passover, and I made the comment because I had heard it from I don't remember which teacher I heard it, but he says the book of Revelation. And we'll talk about this, but like as a ten thousand foot flyover, I said out just offhand, I said that Revelation is really like Passover two and then he goes, he goes, well, you do realize that the Passover is the controlling narrative of all of scripture. Huh. And I went, that is brilliant. And then he was layering different passages. So all right. that, that piece so of paper. That's what we're gonna do. So that's what yeah. we're going to do. And it was like, hopefully when you're done, when we're done talking, this will give you like the launch pad to understand like the Passover is all over the scriptures. Uh-huh. It's in the prophets, it's in the Psalms, it's in yeah. the Torah, it's in the New Testament. It's yeah. So So this is why that's I mean, why we need to know about that's it. That's why we need to know it. Hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Go. Um, yeah, not notwithstanding the fact that Jesus says when I do this again in the kingdom. Right. right? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of so important. So we're gonna be yeah. even you all of us who are followers of Jesus will eventually be sitting at the table doing Passover yeah. with with the Messiah. Right. Yeah, Oof. and so maybe you might want to know what's going on. I don't know, maybe not. I don't know, maybe you want to know, maybe, maybe you don't want to know. I don't, I don't know. know. Maybe, maybe you want to know. Yeah, know. It'll just, be really awesome because I don't think it. any of us will know what's going on because he's going to be like yeah. dropping some stuff. He'll be doing layer upon he'll layer. Be like, y'all remember when I said this? Y'all. Yeah. Yeah. It, we won't. I don't know if he'll say it's y'all. Be a, y'all? He might to our... He might. To our 
our our southern brothers and sisters. He'll be like, "What's up, my shalomi?" <laughs> I just got it. <laughs> nice. What up, Shlomi? Okay, ridiculousness. Okay. So it what we're gonna do is we will uh, um, start in a in the where are you going? Ch- Genesis twenty two. I don't have necessarily the like the verses, but the yeah. verses listed out. But maybe we we do have time to kind of just look at it, overview it, or maybe read yeah. it. Maybe you just read it, Kevin. Yeah. Okay. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abram. And he said, here am I. And he said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. That's so boss. I love it. So Abraham, not that he was going to sacrifice his son, but he shows him the mountain. Yeah. There, I know. We're we, never going we to get to okay. for all those. We're going to like, skip all the Jesus... No, so you're like, oh, just go ahead and read it. Yeah, you just can't can't just read it. I can't just read it anymore. Okay, so Abraham rose early in the morning. He settled his donkey, took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut uh, the wood for the burnt offering and he rose and went to the place uh, which God had told him. And on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then uh, Abraham said to his young sons, uh, the young men rather, so the servants, Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and he laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took, um, and he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they both went up together and, and Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, he said, here, here I am, son. Here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, Go, uh, God will provide for himself the lamb for burnt offering, my son. So they went both, uh, the both of them up together. Then they came to the place which God had told him. Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son, but the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. He said, here am I. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing that you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted his eyes and looked and behold, uh, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. It is said to this day, on the mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. Yes, that's great. So um, I do, we do have to point out some of them. So just for, just to help tie this all together. Right, because people um, would say that's not Passover. Yeah, well, so let's connect it to Jesus, um, to Yeshua first, yes. and then we can figure out how that connects to Passover. So in that story, there are so many things that are, we're some of them, if we pay attention, we might be able to see. Right. Um, so Abraham, take your one, your only son. Right. Jesus was the only son. Right. Uh, of for the God's love of the world that he gave his one and only son. Right. One and only son. Take him to Mount Moriah. 
mm-hmm. which the Mount Moriah is the Temple Mount, right? Or the so, area of the Temple Mount, so right. where Jesus was taken to be crucified. Right. So you have the person and the place. You have the place. He says uh, he put the wood on his back. Yep. So Jesus carried the cross on his back. Right. Carried the wood on his own. Um, right. One of the things that's not in there, but if you do some study of dates and times, um, and in the sages they say that Isaac was approximately in his in around thirty years of age, thirty mm-hmm. to thirty-five years old, mm-hmm. and so um, which we often, when we read the story, we think of him as a little boy, right? But he's not; he's like thirty-something years old. Right. And Abraham, that is exa- I mean, that picture is exactly the picture I had in my head. That little boy, uh, t- yeah, yeah. Like and so it's like this kid. horrible thing yeah. that this guy is taking his son. You painted pictures, and yeah, yeah. So he's not though. If you look at the dates and some of the things that you have in the scriptures, you, he's in his thirties, mid thirties. Uh, so are you saying that a thirty-year-old man could not overpower an old man? One hundred thirty-year-old, right? He's. Oh, so you're saying that the son went willingly. Yeah, so he was willingly. And you're also saying this is the promised son, because this was the son of the promise. Mm. Who was also about about 33. Who went willingly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So see, these are all connections to the Jesus. Yeah, this is the gospel. Mm. (laughs) Yeah, so... It's crazy. Go ahead, keep going. He's about 33 years old. He he lays him on the altar again, and then... Yep. um, And in Hebrews... I believe it's Hebrews. Yeah, Hebrews faith, 11. Yeah, faith chapter that says that Abraham believed God could raise him from the dead. Right. So there's sages also teach. Yeah. Which, do what you want with the sages. I don't care, but when they're talking about stuff that points toward Jesus, when they have no desire to point toward Jesus, then yeah. I like what they have to say because well, yeah. you know it's not... It's profound. They're not making it up to prove Jesus. They can't, They are teaching this... And it proves Jesus, which yeah. they would not want to do. So but, I like, I which feel is the like pro- that. That's adds, the providence of God, right? Yeah. So yeah, it adds the value to yeah. it. So they also say that Isaac actually died when the sword rose up. He actually died, and then God restored his life back to him. Right. Um, which is resurrection. Yes. So good. So. Um, oh yeah. Then, so, okay, so these are all these things that are supposed to, so when we read that, we should understand this is the picture of the substitutionary sacrifice that, that Jesus becomes the sacrifice. Isaac wasn't sacrificed, but God is willing and Jesus is willing to go and give his life to Mm -hmm. be the sacrifice, right? Okay, um, a couple of more things that are just really cool that I found in some of the rabbinic stuff. Um, uh, the Midrash Bereshit Rabbah fifty six says Isaac put the wood on his back like a man carrying his own stake. Mm-hmm. So it just it's another deeper connection, like he's carrying his own. Crucifixion Crush, stake, yeah. yes. Right. Then the Midrash Tanhuma Vayira Vayikra forty six ten says Isaac asked to be bound tightly so that he would not flinch. So it's, it's so he says, "Hey, will you bind me?" Because he said he bound Isaac. Isaac had to allow it because he was old enough to not allow it. Right? right. He knew what was going on. Yeah, Isaac, Isaac was Isaac, fully aware. Isaac was fully aware. Like I said earlier, a thirty man, yeah, a thirty year old man. Overpowering yeah. 130, that's easy. Yeah. 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 And yeah. 
prime of your strength. Yeah. And so he allows Abraham to bind him and he says, bind me tightly so that I do not flinch and possibly break my leg, which will render me a insufficient sacrifice. Right. So that's crazy interesting because why? Well, because it's it, it, the Gospel of John, it says that no bones were broken. No right? bones. Is that where you're going? Yes. Okay. But why also is that important well, if we're it, tying this to Passover? Oh, Exodus 12, it says no bones should be broken. You cannot break its he bones. cannot break its bones. Yeah. yeah. So the Passover lamb, so why would Isaac care about his bone being broken as he offers it, other than seeing himself as... Because he knew. Yeah. Yeah. The Passover, a Passover oh, wow. lamb. And this was before he goes to get a bride, too. Yeah. <laughs> What just happened? <laughs> wow. Okay, sorry. And um, and then there is um, uh, in the book of Jubilees, uh, chapter 18, this one really threw me, right? Suggests that God commanded bind- the binding of Isaac to happen mm-hmm. on the 14th day of the first of Nisan, which is the first day of Passover is on the 14th day of Nisan. That's when right. God commanded Abraham in the book of Jubilees, which is written 200 years before, it's about 200 BC. So it's pre, pre-Jesus. Yeah. says, uh, Abraham went on the 14th day of Nisan. So they're tying the rabbis, the people that are writing these are tying the binding of Isaac to the Passover intentionally. Mm-hmm. Saying on the fourteenth day, and then they says it says that that Abraham celebrated every year would celebrate the the day that Isaac was saved for seven days because it took them three days to get there and they were there a day and three days to get home. So it was oh, a wow. seven day holiday starting on the at the evening of the fourteenth yep. of Nisan. Yeah. For seven days, which is exactly the dating of the Passover sacrifice. Right. So the sages look at the binding of Isaac and see it in correlation with the Passover lamb. Mm-hmm. And as followers of Jesus, you know, right. the Messiah, we see John saying he was the Passover right. lamb. We see Paul saying he is the Passover lamb. Right. And they are overlapping. So we see all these connections to Jesus so that the Genesis 22, the binding of Isaac is to point us to Jesus as the sacrifice, which is pointing to the Passover as intentionally set apart time that God put together with Abraham. Mm-hmm. He begins to paint the picture of the significance of the lamb that will be sacrificed for Passover, yeah. which paints a picture of the sacrifice that... Jesus will become, that the Messiah will become. Right. Which is crazy. Uh, so, <laughs> so <good. laughs> yeah, it's like, we so don't understand our scriptures. How do you get, yeah, you get to a point, and we talk about this sometimes, is drinking from the fire hose. There's so much revelation, your brain can barely absorb it, you have to chew on it, you refashion it, chew on it, chew on it again. And what I think what I hear you saying is like, we don't even understand all of the connections. We don't even understand all of the arches, all of these places where they're just dropped and they understood these things and it all points to Jesus. How could you not as a Christian be like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And what I think is amazing is, um, like we said in the last episode, I've been doing 
I've been doing a Passover meal, a Seder meal mm-hmm. every year since before I even was like uh, uh, right. trying to observe the Torah. It was just this points to Jesus, so we should do it. I mean, my first one, Haroset, is like it, I didn't, I knew nothing, and I knew nobody who would tell me. And when right. I started this, yeah. there weren't, there wasn't YouTube, there were you no just, videos. You just knew, you just knew that apples and cinnamon and nuts. No, I didn't is even delicious. know that. It, no, no, no. What I'm saying is. Apples, cinnamon, and nuts are delicious. Yes. That's all I knew about Haros. Uh, Haroset. Haroset, yeah. Yeah. That's all I knew about it. All I knew was it said in this book they take an apple and nut mixture and it's supposed to remind you of the mortar. Yeah. Okay. Right. So I'm like, well, I so my first Haroset was applesauce and peanut butter mixed together because it looked like mortar. It was like a gooey mush. Oh, wow. I had no idea what Haroset was and I had oh, no idea okay. how to find yeah. it. Yeah. Because there weren't recipes. I didn't have like the internet really right. to like it was there, but there was well, no. How long for perspective for them? This how, is like twenty years ago. Yeah, so okay. two thousand three. It was before that. Two thousand two. Okay, hang on. <laughs> yeah, so I got married in two thousand three. So it would have been nineteen. It would have been two thousand. Two thousand. <laughs> so twenty three years ago. Yeah. Yeah, it would have been two thousand. Um, the revelation of the, or not even just I being began, able to find the information. I began to do the Passover. There wasn't any real, there weren't hardly any messianic resources available for people that are trying to find Jesus in this. All my original study was just Jewish. So without messianic resources, I mean, I bought this book, The Jewish Holidays. It's not messianic. Michael Strassfield. And it goes through all the holidays and I began to study and it talks about Passover. Say that one more time. It's not even messianic. It's not messianic. In other words, you read that book, it will not even talk about Jesus at all. At all. It will make zero connections. It will make zero connections. And And yet, and yet as a Christian, when you read that, the Holy Spirit breathed on it, and the whole time, every page, yeah. you see Jesus, after page after page after page. Absolutely, because- like, That's what I try to tell people. One of the things that's like got these little commentaries in the side, yeah. and when it talked about like redemption, yeah, uh, it talked about breaking the middle matzah, yeah. which you said something earlier about yeah. Isaac and the middle matzah. Yeah, go ahead. Do you want me to do that now? Well, we were just talking about just on the Akeda. Here's it just reminded me as I was okay, talking okay, about yeah. The so books. off off camera, we were talking about the so in the previous episode, we were talking about the Afikoman and so the middle a, one. There's a pouch, it's and a pouch. there are three. This is a Jewish thing. I mean, this isn't. This yes. is just. There are three pouches. There are three sleep right. spaces in here, and right. you put a matzah in each space. So you have three sleeves of matzah right. inside here. There's no real like hard answer on why we have Correct. three pieces of matzah in there. Right. But the tradition is you have three, you take the middle one out, you break it, you put you wrap it in linen. You put the larger half in a linen cloth, you go and hide it and afterwards the kids, the kids go find, find it. it, they yeah. bring it back to the table and everybody gets a piece. Right. So that's the tradition, but there's no real explanations as to why as to why three why do we put it in the bag? And so, so then people uh, speculate. I guess speculate is an mm-hmm. okay word because they're trying to guess, like postulate. what it, postulate, like what is the significance of this? And one of the traditions I found this last year was that it's the middle one because it's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Yeah, it's Isaac is the middle. Isaac is the one that would be sacrificed. Isaac is the promised son. Isaac is the yeah. Genesis twenty two. 
he's he's the centerpiece of that whole uh, narrative. And then as a believer in Christ, you're sitting here going, okay, but who is Isaac a representation With of? With what we just talked about. And he goes up the same mountain. He, go, he goes up Mount Moriah because it's in Jerusalem, yep. and that's where Jesus is, yep. is sacrificed, and he's carrying his execution stake and all of the layers. Uh-huh. It's it's a picture. It's a prophetic picture pointing us to Messiah. And yep. then in this book, yep. which doesn't try to point me to Messiah, it was yep. says in a little side note, when we break the middle matzah, it's because it reminds us that we are redeemed, but our redemption is incomplete. Wow. Right? So yeah. I read that, and I'm like, yeah. we're breaking Jesus' body. Right. And for thousands of years, I've been doing it pre yeah. the New Testament Passover meal. Right. And they're breaking that, and they're like, it's incomplete redemption. And right. I'm like, yeah, because the redemption that is complete is his body being broken. Right, right. Which is crazy. And, and that's where Jesus says, take this bread and break it. This is my body, which mm-hmm. is broken for you. Right, right. And that goes back to our previous uh, episode where I said that it's past, present in the moment when Jesus is doing it, and yet it's future, the future redemption that's coming. So, So you have the the Genesis story of Isaac, yep. Jesus and Passover. You have the Exodus story, Jesus and Passover. Right. Um, so many layers to it, uh, and then you know. So it's talking about pre Passover, 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 mm-hmm. Passover. And then you can move forward into Isaiah. Okay. And yeah, let's go in there. Isaiah, there's like they they. I saw just this this morning that some scholars were saying. Um, it's like second Passover. Like there's this part, like Isaiah speaks to a, a future Passover. And so um, if you go into, I'm going to read out of like Isaiah 52 mm-hmm. and start reading, and I may just highlight some of these verses. Are you going to start um, with verse? Isaiah 52 through 53, and there'll be parts. But, okay. Um, Verse 4, Isaiah 52, 4. For thus says the Lord God, my people went down at first into Egypt to sojourn there, and the Assyrian oppressed them for nothing. Now, therefore, what have I here, declares the Lord, seeing that my people are taken away for nothing. Their rulers wail, declares the Lord, and continually all day my name is despised. Therefore, my people shall know my name. So I just want to stop there and point out a couple of things. One, mm. it's talking about, okay, so the the author here is wanting to make sure we understand. I'm going to start talking about Passover. They went down into Egypt, right? So the first book, the first of the book of Exodus is they went down into Egypt. Mm-hmm. And the Pharaoh didn't know them anymore, and so he began to oppress them. Right. And then in chapter 6, which is where we get the four cups out of the Passover meal, mm-hmm. God says, 
I have yet to reveal my name. By my name, and it's the sacred tetragrammatron, yo Hey vav Hey. Right. We sometimes translate it Jehovah or Yahweh right. or Adonai if you're trying to protect the name. Or right. Hashem is one the way name. the, the yep. Jewish people do. They just say the name because it's so powerful. I have yet to reveal to you my name. but And so he says right here, therefore, my this is Isaiah, my people shall know my name. So he's talking about um, Passover. And then in verse 10, the Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all of the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. They actually read this during the Passover liturgy sometimes. Do they really? Oh, wow. That's cool. Um, and so it says, the Lord has bared his holy arm. So in the the four cups. I know, go. I mean, in Exodus 6, yep. it says, I will redeem you with outstretched arms yeah. and mighty acts of judgment. The right arm of God the Messiah is the Messiah. It points to the Messiah. And so he's saying, the Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. Now, in English, we say shall see the salvation of our God, but guess what it says in Hebrew? Shall see the Yeshua Yeshua. of our God, the Jesus of our God. Yes. So in the Passover liturgy, I bet I I could find it. I'm not going to. No. They will read. (laughs) Israel reads. Yes. We'll see the Yeshua of our God. Yes. Passover. Love it. Love it, love and it. then the very next verse, depart, depart, go out from there. That's the meaning of Exodus. Depart, exit. Bye-bye. Touch no unclean thing. Go out of the, from the midst of her. Purify yourselves, you who bear the vessels of the Lord. And get this, this verse, for you shall not go out in haste. Ooh. So that word haste is only used three times. Here, yep, and twice in Exodus, yep, saying you will go out in haste. You cannot eat leavened bread, right? Because you don't have time. Gird your loins, eat it. The Passover meal, the seder that we do nowadays, you you're supposed to like sit. Some people sit set up tables on the floor and they sit on pillows and they recline, right. recline. because we're 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 not in a hurry. Because in the first Passover, we were in a hurry. We were in a haste. God was taking us out in a haste. The next Passover, this future Passover, will not be in haste. And you shall not go out in flight, for the Lord will go before you, and the God of Israel will be your rear guard. Again, this is all Isaiah, but this is like when they left Egypt. Yeah, what yeah, happened? Yeah. Who went before them? The Lord. Yep. The Lord went before them. And what happened when the Pharaoh came he, chasing them? He set up he a, went behind, behind them, them. Your rear guard. Yes. He will be go before go. you, and he will be your rear guard. Let's and go. then get this. This is one of the first times that a new character is introduced into the book of Isaiah. Yep. Behold, my, my servant, servant. Here we go. Shall act wisely. It's, it's not in here. What are you looking for? I kept looking for it because I because I looked up outstretched arm when you were uh-huh. talking about outstretched uh-huh. arm. Look that phrase up. Go to light. You can just do Bible Gateway or Blue Letter Bible, but it will literally show you all the places where it says outstretched arm, uh-huh. and that is one of the defining um, uh, things in the in the Exodus or in the Torah 
from Genesis through Deuteronomy, it is emphasized over and over, and it's in the Psalms too. Outstretched arm, uh-huh. I will redeem you with an outstretched uh-huh. arm. I will redeem outstretched arm. It's always the outstretched arm. Uh-huh. So yeah, go ahead. And that outstretched arm is my servant. servant. Yeah. Because so yeah. introducing new character, we're talking about a new exodus, yep. a different exodus where we're not going in haste, where God is going before us and behind us. Behold, my servant shall act wisely. He shall be high and lifted up and shall be exalted. As many were as astonished at you, his appearance was so marred beyond human semblance and his form beyond that of the children of mankind. So he shall sprinkle many nations. Now listen, is it pre or post crucifixion that he is marred? It's before. It's post, right? Well, oh, I mean, marred, you like, mean... Be- is it the Jesus who exists before the cruci- before he was crucified or after he's crucified that he has the scars, that he has the marks? Oh, that- it's after. So, right? It's after. So, I it's thought, like. I thought you meant I'm the sorry, marring, I like the, my, the yeah. punching right. and the. Beating. He was beat before he was killed. Yeah, yeah it wouldn't make right, any right. sense to do that afterwards. Sure. No, but the marring but is I'm there. But I'm saying, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. These are the these are the marks that he has of the crucifixion. Yeah. So this is like a future that's speaking to a already crucified lamb. Yes. Oh, geez. dude, that's so good. And what's crazy is it says uh, verse thirteen: He shall be high and lifted up, and yet he will be wounded. Mm-hmm. Put that put that into your brain and think about mm-hmm. that for a minute. The risen Christ still has the scars. Right. He's high and exalted. He is the Son of God, high and exalted one, ascended to the right hand of the Father, and yet he still has the wounds. If you can get your brain around that, let me know. <laughs> Drop something in the chat. Yeah. It is so perplexing. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, you're good, man. You're good. Kings shall shut their mouths because of him, for that which has not been told them, they see. Mm-hmm. And that which they have not heard, they understand. I was looking up. I don't. Oh, I do have them here. Uh, oh. He that what they did not understand they see right. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Zechariah twelve ten. And I will pour out on the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem a spirit of grace and pleas for mercy, so that when they look on me, mm-hmm. on him whom they have pierced, pierced. Yeah, 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 they shall mourn for him as one mourns for an only child, and weep bitterly over him as one weeps over a firstborn. Mm-hmm. When they see him, when he's high and lifted up. Mm-hmm. Uh, John. This is a New Testament. And again, another scripture says, they will look on him whom they have pierced. Mm-hmm. He's quoting this. And in Revelation, yep. behold, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all tribes of the earth will wail on account of him because they've seen him. The, kings, pierced. the kings will shut their mouths. Yeah. <laughs> it's all connected. Yeah. Wow, let's go. Yeah. So good. So good. Um, and then we we can move into Isaiah 53, which is a oh, really yeah. important. Isaiah's crazy. So did we we talked about uh, the sins, right? The three sins, um, high handedness, mm-hmm, all that. Mm-hmm. So what's crazy? And I'll just jump on this because I think it's applicable. But if you read through Isaiah 53, uh, if you don't know what he's talking about, it's in episode three. Is it episode all the way three? back? Episode it's three. all the way back yeah, there. Yeah, it was. So quite... we talked about high handedness, iniquities, and sin. So uh-huh. like missing the mark. Twisting or high handedness, yes. I don't care. Yes. Um, what's really crazy, read through Isaiah 53, all three are there. Yeah. Sin, iniquity, and transgression. And it's in verse five, which is the one I was going to read. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. good. Huh? Good. We're on the same page. Go. So, but he was pierced for our transgressions, 
He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. Mm-hmm. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him mm-hmm. the iniquities of us all. You know, one of the things that people struggle with about um, Jesus being the Passover lamb, mm-hmm. and we say in that he took died for our sins, is because they will say, well, the Passover lamb wasn't a sin sacrifice. Mm-hmm. So that doesn't make any sense that we would say that right. he became the Passover lamb who took away our sins. Sure. Because the Passover lamb just marks the door. It doesn't take away the sin. It just marks. And yet, if you go to Isaiah, yeah. Isaiah seems to think yeah. that this Passover lamb, right. this one that will be in the future, is the one that will take away sin and iniquity and transgressions. Yeah. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he not opened not his mouth like a lamb Mm-hmm. That was led to the slaughter. Here we go. Like a sheep that before its shear was silent, so he opened not his mouth. Yeah. And S- go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. How how far are you going through? That's, I just feel like that's is, enough. Is that enough? Okay. So here's where this is what it gripped me one day in my prayer closet. Isaiah at the very end of fifty three. So this talks about the future glory that he's going to that he is. Therefore, I will divide him a portion among the many, and he divide the spoil among the strong, because he poured out his soul to death and was numbered. He was numbered with the transgressors, yet he bore the sin of many. And here was the phrase that just lit me up like a Christmas tree, and makes intercession for the transgressors. Mm. What is transgression? It's high handedness, Fred. Think about this. This is, and I wonder sometimes. Fred piping in. Woo! This is what I wonder sometimes when Paul says, um, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for. Here's what's crazy, you guys. And you think about this. He is making intercession for you. He is continually making intercession, even when I have high handedness. I say, God, I'm not going to do what you told me to do. That just lit me up. I was just wrecked for a little bit. He forever lives to make intercessions for those who are being made holy. I think that's in like Hebrews four, but it shows the continuing ministry of of what he what he's accomplished and what he's doing in the earth. So, just wanted to point that out. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, the verse right before that is like that's twelve, right? Yeah, yeah. Out of and out of anguish. Yeah, go. Well, eleven says, "By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, make many." To be accounted righteous, yeah, and he shall bear their iniquities. Yeah, yeah. So here. So we, what you're saying is Isaiah is saying more than just always oh, just the Passover lamb. He's yeah. the one that takes away. It's saying the Passover yeah. lamb is a picture of the sin, right, being removed. That's awesome. To bearing the sin, right? It's good. It's real good. Yeah, and so the story is continuing throughout the scriptures, and right. it's Passover. It's Messiah. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus. And so this is like speaking forward to the the future Passover. Right. Do you know, um, I, I was interested to see that the as we move toward the, the New Testament, um, I heard this. I haven't checked it. I don't know. But I, I heard that the oldest like record of the Seder meal, mm-hmm. like the steps with the Seder, or, or doing a, a specific meal, um, being actually acted out, not in Exodus, is is the Passover, is the Last Supper. Wow. 
So like if you're going to go to a a record outside of Old Testament, right? To find any record, so there's not in any of the writings and things other than the the oldest one you can find is in the New Testament that verifies the Seder meal, mm-hmm. which is the Passover meal that Jesus had with his disciples, which I think is really crazy. Uh, yeah, Matthew, I think you said this last episode, but Matthew says, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you. Mm-hmm. He went to his disciples. He says, I've eagerly desired this. Yeah. And that makes you think of like um, Hebrews where it says, uh, the joy set before him. Enduring the cross. Yeah. The joy set before yes. him. And yet you're seeing suffering. You're seeing hor- horrific treatment of, of Jesus and medically what he went through and what he suffered. And he's the joy. How do you, <laughs> how do you reconcile that? Yeah. You can't. It's a mystery. Well, it's, it's because yeah. <laughs> it's been written out. Yeah. Like this whole time. Like right. he's aware. He sees the bind. He's, he's writing out the binding of Isaac. He's yeah. playing these stories out as, yeah. as in the heavens before he humbled himself and became humanity and took right. on flesh right. and humbled himself. Before he did that, he's like mm-hmm. seeing these stories play out. He's writing out Isaiah. He's like speaking this into Isaiah. This is what it's going to be. This is what it's going to be. And so as he goes to the garden, he's like, this sucks. This isn't what I want to be, but I know this is what it has to be. Right. I know this is what it has to be right. because we've written this out. This is what we go back to, like we said in the previous episode, like this is not, it's not a coincidence that that Jesus gives his life over Passover. Right. It's not. It's intentional. It was written out right. all the way back with Abraham and Isaac and before that, pointing to this moment that says, this moment changes it. Mm-hmm. This moment. Right. Right. It's good. It's great. And then, um, I don't have all the resources in front of me, but I bet you can speak to it. So then you go to Revelation, because you said earlier, Revelation was like oh, yeah. the Exodus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so Revelation is, uh, I think it was Joel Richardson, I think is who said it. Um, guy, he said that the Revelation is Exodus 2.0. Mm-hmm. It's the, it's we're, it's the, it's the culmination of all these things. So what you see in Revelation is you see the judgments, and what's crazy is you look at the list of plagues, uh-huh. they mirror uh-huh. what uh, Moses brought on Egypt or through God's hand, but Moses uh-huh. was present. He says, this is what's going to happen. So John in the book of Revelation is recounting like an Exodus 2.0. He's like, all of those signs in the earth, they will repeat mm-hmm. as my arrival is starting to come. Yeah. So you're going to see those things happen. Blood, Blood frogs, frogs, hail, hail and fire, hail and fire, uh, um, pestilence, pestilence, wild animals, fa- yeah, it's famine, ridiculous. all this stuff. Yeah. So, so you start looking at at Revelation, and then you compare it with Exodus, and you see this pattern that you just cannot get away from. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that the Lord's been showing me is like everything in the front of the book is either like a principle, it's a pattern. It's a prophetic utterance. A picture. It's a we'll picture. Just... It's a prototype. I mean, you can go with all we'll the keep P's. Keep with the P's, yeah. Yeah, and I've actually written it's those a lot down. Of P there. Someday, <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's bad, bad dad joke. Um, <laughs> but what's crazy is you look at you look at all those things and you say, okay, as I'm reading the Old Testament, it's like, how do these things connect? 
it's, you know, we've talked about this before in different episodes, but the Bible's hyperlinked. It's a hyperlinked text. God doesn't not drop things at the front of the book just so that we can say, okay, well, that was cool. That was weird. Mm-hmm. We should really pause and go, okay, why is that there? And where does that connect? And you did a great job with the uh, uh, haste. It only You look up haste, it only occurs so many times. Now go find what those mm-hmm. places are mm-hmm. and then pull on the word and Astro find out. Charm. Yeah, same way. Pull on that word and say, okay, why is this significant? What does it point us to? So going back to Revelation, all of those things are going to come again. And that's why the Passover for Christians is something that, I mean, you can ignore it. You, you don't have to do it, you know. But I'm telling you, when you start to enter into that and you search it out and you participate in it, then you start seeing how these things connect to the end of days mm-hmm. on his return. And you quoted Zechariah 12. Uh, he's coming again. And what's funny is uh, Revelation 1, it says that. He's the son of David, but he's also the one whom they have pierced. Mm-hmm. It's like right at the front of the book. Mm-hmm. So John is saying, he's coming again. All of that story is going to be fulfilled again. It's going to be an Exodus 2.0. So, um, yeah, I get jacked. <laughs> did you want to cover Exodus? No. Or Ezekiel. Uh, <laughs> did you want to cover Ezekiel? Oh, did Ezekiel? I skip Ezekiel? You did skip Ezekiel. Oh, I had it in there. I missed it. Yeah, go ahead. So then Ezekiel uh, 45.21, uh, in the first month on the 14th day, of the, on the 14th day of the month. So first month, 14th, 14th day, day yeah, that's your trigger. Passover. That's the Passover. Mm-hmm. So we just talked about the sages uh, Genesis 22. Yeah. Then we talked about Exodus. Exodus. It's the it's the first month, 14th day. It says, you shall celebrate the feast of the Passover for seven days. Unleavened bread shall be eaten. On that day, the prince shall provide for himself and all the people of the land a young bull for the sin offering. And it says, provide for himself. That seems to be an echo of Genesis 22. The Lord will provide, provide. For himself. Yes. And then we were talking off camera. What is Exodus 45? Go ahead. Ezekiel. Or Ezekiel no, Ezekiel, 45. Ezekiel 45. Yeah. It's like this is like the future temple. Like the, right. the temple the that context. is yet to be built. Yeah, yeah. It's like we're gonna build this. This is gonna happen. The prince will be there. People go in this way, only come out that way, and all this. And it's yet to have happened yet. Right. So again, here is an echo the Passover again to be to happen in the future, right? which I hate to just keep beating a dead horse, but it's important for us to understand, you know, if we come to the scriptures and we say, oh, Jesus fulfilled that and it doesn't need to, we don't, it's not, it's no longer part of us. That was, oh, that's part of the law, but that was the ceremonial part and we don't have to do that. We only have to do the ethical part or the moral part of the law. You know, we've subdivided it. Well, prophecy, yeah. Ezekiel would speak to seem to say otherwise that it is something to come. It's coming again. And it goes along just with, with Jesus. I mean, Jesus says. I will do this again. I, yeah. When it finds fulfillment. When I find fulfillment in my kingdom. Yeah. It's crazy. So good. But, you know, and to the point of, it, it's funny, and maybe that might be something for future episode is just like showing people how do you arrive at this? Um, when something pops out on the scriptures, like, okay, wait a second, I've heard this before, where is it? And then you find mm-hmm. those places. Because what we're really doing, I mean, we're not even doing, I mean, we do some Greek and Hebrew, but most of this stuff you can just find in the English Bible. Yeah. And I think that's, it's like people think, oh, well, you guys are so learned. It's like, no, we just we just grabbed a shovel and we started digging. Just pay attention. Yeah. Pay attention and start digging. And 
Here's the other thing that I would probably just say as a caveat is just slow down and think about the words. I think a lot of times we just read the scriptures and we're just like, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading. Slow down. And if there's a phrase that pops out, the Lord's probably highlighting that to you to say, hey, you you need to dig there mm-hmm. and find out. Mm-hmm. So like anytime you see first month, 14th day, that's probably significant yeah. because that's yeah. echoed throughout the scriptures or yeah. outstretched arm or all these things. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, I know it's a commercial, but I think it's. I mean, I think it's valuable. Yeah, you know, and and then understanding unifying themes, you know, and for instance, this one was the Passover, so it's good. So I think I guess to to just close out land here, land the plane. Yeah, to yeah. to land the plane. Um, what I would encourage all of you to do would be double check all these scriptures. You know? Yes. Go back. That's a great way to 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 teach yourself how to find the information. Right. Is if you're like, oh, they're so smart. Well, no, I mean, people point things out, and we go look it up. And the more you look at it, the more you wrestle with it, the more it becomes your own, right. and the more you understand it and you feel it, and you can put all the pieces, start putting more and more pieces together. Mm-hmm. So I I would agree with spend the time, and then you know just as we. As we go through these holidays and as we go through these feasts, um, I more than anything want everybody to just see how like intentional and specific and significant God made the scriptures. Right. Why is it so important? Why does Passover matter? Um, this is why. Because it matters to God. Right. It matters to Him. He put it throughout the entirety of the text. It matters to him. What's cool too is that is, and hopefully you've gleaned this, and we would say it multiple times. But the, the Jesus is the personification of the feasts. Yeah, they all point to the Son. Yeah, Jesus does not have like multiple sermons out there. He's not saying, "Oh, we'll do this and do this and do this." It's it's the scriptures are not an end to themselves. They're the means to the end, which is the glorification of his son Jesus. Mm-hmm. And if you if you try to go into this thinking, well, I'm gonna learn this and learn this about Hebrew culture or the Jews or whatever, you're missing the point. The point is that Ex or Leviticus twenty-three is a prophetic picture of Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get a hold of that, it yeah. will change your life. Yeah. That's why we're doing this podcast and these yeah. these series on the holidays is because right. um, it's the best way to know the Messiah you worship and that you serve is through like seeing how the pictures that God paints of him. Mm-hmm. This is who God says he is. So Let's pray. Yeah. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the opportunity to sit down with Kevin and Fred and just, man, just wrestle through all this and just see how exciting it is to um, put all these pieces of these puzzles together. And I just pray, God, that you would open our hearts and our minds and continue to teach us, continue to help us see uh, more and more depth to the story that you've given us and help us to apply it into our lives. Um, I pray, God, that you would encourage those people who are have either been following all along with us and are listening or have stumbled upon this episode, God, that you would encourage them, that you would put resources in their hands to help them be able to sit at their own Seder table and to see you and to see Jesus just calm alive as they sit there and to see their New Testament 
just come alive as they pass around the cups and they break the bread and share it with each other. And I just pray, God, that um, your truth would resound in our hearts. And when we, as followers of you, follow after you passionately with all that we have into the life you're calling us. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Old Testament. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. So share the show with your friends and family and be sure to leave a rating and review. You can also find us on all the socials by searching at The Whole Testament. All of our episodes are available at our website and you can listen to them by heading over to thewholetestament.com. The Whole Testament is supported by people like you. To help us continue the conversation, head to thewholetestament.com and click on the donate tab. We'll see you next time.